You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders. Okay, here's the deal. I'm on the podcast right now that you're listening to, and I'm on here with Diana and Stephanie, and the topic today is feedback. Have you ever gotten feedback from somebody that is snarky feedback? And we were struggling to come up with a good story. And then Stephanie gave me some snarky feedback just now. It just happened. We were just getting on the call. I was talking, sometimes if you if you do the, vi- the video version, if you watch us on YouTube, sometimes I'm wearing headphones because we're in an open office environment. That's where we're at. And sometimes I wear these headphones. And I said, okay, well, I could, sh- I could take these headphones off because no one's in the open space right now. Stephanie's in her little phone booth thing over here. Diana is at, off, is at her place. And so I had this whole room and I said, should I do this with, I could do this without the headphones today. And Stephanie goes, well, yeah, you could do that unless you just were worried about how cool you look or something like that. Isn't that what you said, Stephanie? It was something like that. I mean, I, it was a little smoother than that, but yeah, something like that. Um, you just did it again. <laughs> you just did it again. Did you hear that listeners? You just gave snarky feedback again. It's like, and, and this is why I'm in the phone booth. He's locked me in here. Please call for help. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's you just right. Yeah, you're going to get some. I'm in timeout. You're in timeout. Yeah. You sit there and you think about what you did. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's funny. We have conversations like that as humans all the time with each other where there's a little bit of feedback and it's like there's you said something, but it, there's a hidden meaning behind it or there's a little bit more to it. Like you said that the headphones looked really cool, but you kind of implied that they didn't. You sort of implied like the old style headphones that looks like, and I have to give you credit for this is I like the headphones because they work really well. If you're in the office on a call, if somebody's next to you, it only picks up what's there, but it's also got the little mouthpiece. So it looks like I'm kind of like an airline controller. Like, like I'm in, I'm up in the, what do they call up in the tower? It it reminds me of like the nineties, like, you know, Britney Spears mic, which in one, on one hand is kind of cool and coming back, right? Like Y2K. But on the other hand, like, they're a little dated yet functional dated yet that. functional dated yet functional is now going to be my my thing i'm going to call people dated yet functional that's that's and that's all you need to know about giving feedback folks that's my online profile now he's dated yet functional They'll oh show no oh no don't say this to people that's what he oh, is no that's what he is. So we're going to talk a little bit about feedback today. And so here's the deal. If you are an employee and you work with through other teams and other people on your team, you have to give feedback to people sometimes, right? If you are a supervisor or a manager of people, you have to give feedback. If you own a business, you have to give feedback. If you're a physician, you have to give feedback. We all have to give feedback. And by the way, the number one mistake in giving feedback is to not to. We don't give the feedback at all, right? So we've talked about that. We've done that in other episodes. But today we're going to talk about how do you give it the right way and maybe more fun, in a more fun way, how do you give it the wrong way? So we've got Diana and Stephanie on here along with myself, Don Harkey. Uh, And so let's just jump into this topic. Like what are some examples of some snarky feedback or feedback that you have heard the wrong way? 
Well, I was going to give an example of when I gave snarky feedback back in the day, I wanted to change a process for something. And I was trying to convince my boss that it was like time to change the process. And he said to me, but that's the way we've always done it. And it works. And I said, which, which is to, to point out a chink in my armor. That's how we've always done it is like, not a good phrase for me. It kind of triggers me to be like, ew, and I don't love it. Um, and so I got a little, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I got a little, little bit snarky. And I said, well, it is not 1984 anymore. And it could use an update. And, um, you know, that was not appreciated from someone who uh, was was quite a bit older than me and remembered the 80s, you know, so just like they didn't appreciate it. They didn't appreciate it. And I probably shouldn't have said it that way. So I got a little snarky. That was my snarky feedback. It did not go over well. That was a little snarky. I'm going to tell you, Diana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a little snarky. Yeah. So what was the response in that moment? So sometimes we think about the feedback. Here, here's one thing. I'm going to say this is I'll bet a lot of the listeners listening to that just laughed. Cause that's funny. That's a funny response, right? That is a clever, funny response. Like it's not 1984 anymore. Like Michael Jackson doesn't have a huge hit right now. On, and <laughs> we're not thinking about who the next lead singer of Van Halen is going to be. That's not where we're at right now. So yes. And yes, I do remember 1984. I remember 1984 pretty well, actually. But yeah, it was a funny response, but what was the impact of the response? Oh, immediate anger. He was immediately angry, right? Immediately frustrated, immediately angry, and immediately set in his way of like, we are definitely not changing it now. You youngster came in here, insulted the process, insulted me, and now now we're not doing it, and I'm probably going to make your life worse. Like, don't come at me with this again. So it, it went over really, really poorly. So while it was good for a laugh. It was, it was, I will contend that the process would have been better had we changed it to the way that I wanted to do it because I was doing the work. I knew it. I'm a process person. It would have been a better process, but guess what? Never changed the entire time I was there. That one stinking process stayed the same. He would, he never let me change it. That, that was not, you're not going to change. Okay. That's yeah. a really good example. So pointing out a couple things in that is one is while the response was clever and it was funny and also justified going back to that idea, right? You're, you yeah. were, we're going to assume you were right on that one, whether you were, okay, I get it. I hear you. You're right. <laughs> Diana was right on that one because it was always right. Clearly. Most of the time. Another example of quick snarky feedback from Don just now. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was not effective, right? So you're trying to change something. You're trying to bring somebody else along and you gave the feedback and the feedback bounced back at you. And then not only did it put up a wall in that moment, it put up a permanent wall of like that topic is now, oh, we're never going to talk about that again. And we're never going to change that. And I just took away some power out of, away from you. Uh, really good example. Stephanie, do you have an example that maybe you've heard or had happen to you or that you've done? Any 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 examples of snarky feedback? Well, I'm always great at giving feedback. So none for me, um, which that was very sarcastic. Um, gosh, I can think of uh, myself as a young leader, especially like early 20s, Stephanie, I think uh, would uh, kind of sm- crash and dash feedback is what I'm going to call it. Um, because here's, here's some fun facts about me. I'm a fairly assertive person. So like, I'm not afraid to point out the elephant in the room, say what needs to be said, do some of that. 
I'm also a pretty highly sensitive person. So what's uncomfortable for me about giving critical feedback is this, and again, ooh, okay, this is bad. I'm going to say it. It's not so much that I'm thinking about your feelings. It's I'm thinking about how I'm feeling and that I don't like feeling like maybe I was being mean to someone, right? And so um, in my early 20s, I did not have a good grasp on that and how to do it. So I think sometimes I would just do the let's rip the Band-Aid off approach. And that's what I'd call like the crash and dash, where I would just give very direct feedback that was probably a little harsh because I didn't want to spend a lot of time doing it because it made me uncomfortable. And then I would leave. And then I didn't want to talk about it anymore. And it was like, we've talked about it. The conversation is done. We don't need to bring it up again. We don't need to have an extended conversation about it. Let's just say it, rip off the Band-Aid and move on. And I learned pretty quickly um, early in my career that that was a bad approach because um, it did hurt people's feelings. Um, and then they felt like there was no space to give me feedback because I was gone. And I didn't allow the conversation to actually happen around it. I would just, if I could have sprinted out of the room after saying what I said, I would have uh, because it made me uncomfortable. And so um, I think learning that like, number one, like sometimes just the direct delivery is not the right approach. Um, it doesn't actually help people when you give just the really direct, brutal feedback sometimes. And um it also doesn't help if there's no conversation with it. You can't just say it and like mic drop and leave. Like you've got to have room and space for them to ask questions and um, better understand. Like if someone did something that I didn't like, like what was I, what was my initial expectation? And did I communicate that clearly? Like being open for that back, back to me feedback as well. Um, instead of just saying, here's what you did wrong, fix it. Bye, have a great life. I'm taking notes. I feel like every podcast is an intervention. Is this another intervention? What's happening? Am oh. I? This is not. This is not. So many <laughs> interventions notes. for Diana. I mean, <laughs> what? How many episodes are we up to? Are we up to two hundred now? It's like I don't know. One fifty's easy. We yeah, just, I don't know. You're just not getting it. I just, I don't know. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep trying. I, what What Stephanie said was heard. Heard. Finally, it worked, Stephanie. It finally worked. We did it. We don't even post this podcast anywhere. We don't even publish it. It's just for us. <laughs> it's just for us. We're not even recording right now. This yeah, is not... It's a real, the real Truman Show experience happening right now. This isn't even going anywhere. We just needed to say this to you. And I'm going to hang up right now because I can't <laughs> handle any more of it. Well, what's kind of fun about this topic is that I think everybody who's listening to this is probably says like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. And I've done that before. So I think it's important for us to talk a little bit about the mindset that we tend to be in, like what triggers us to going to that point. But first I thought, thought it'd only be fair if I short shared a story so that it wasn't like you two share a story about snarky feedback you gave. And I'll be like, yeah, if I ever gave snarky feedback, then I would have a story to share. That would be great. But no, I, I have absolutely done that. When you said 20 something year old Stephanie, I was thinking of 20 something year old Don and I was working at a corn plant in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, really good plant, good place to work. And we were, I was working on the night shift and I was getting really, really frustrated with this line that we were working on. And the person who was in charge of like programming this machine was just not sharing a lot of information. And I wanted to, them to share the information, allow me to access the programming so I could kind of figure out what was going on and, and work on it. And he just wasn't doing that. 
So instead of having a conversation with him, we had a operator logbook that we would share and write notes back and forth to each other on. And I wrote a book inside the book. And it started off by saying, you don't, first of all, I'm writing this to you because I'm here working on the equipment while you're at home, not working on the equipment. And I'm the one that has to figure this stuff out. And once again, I had to work on all this thing and stay up really, you know, I was there working all night long trying to troubleshoot this thing. And you're going to come in in the morning and you're going to connect your computer to it. And you're going to solve the problem in five minutes, which is going to make you the hero because you won't share with me just a little bit of information so I can connect the computer and fix it overnight so that I can get production out while you sit in your office and you, oh, I wrote this horrible note. I mean, no, it was, this is, is this a true story? You really true did story. That. Absolutely did that. Done. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. I had full that. manifesto. I hadn't heard this one yet. This is why no, I like, is this real? I hadn't heard this yet. It's fresh. It's fresh one. Yeah. Oh. No, I, I really did that. Yeah. He came in the next morning and, you know, everybody reads that log. Yeah. And he tore the pages of the book out. I mean, and, and I don't think that relationship was ever the same. I, I, and I look back and I'm just like, my gosh, if I ever ran into that guy, I think I'd apologize. Like, geez, I just totally, I ran over you. You need to, you should find him on whatever social media you have and just, I'm sorry him. Yeah. Just, that's it. Steve, if you're listening to the podcast right now, I am sorry. He's I not. That. He's, you know, he's probably, he probably is not like, I want to get more feedback from that guy. He's that sounds great. Definitely not. <laughs> that guy knows how to run a healthy team, even though I've seen him uh, do these things that are terrible. Oh, so no. we, we kind of talked about three different approaches. Like I'll bet we could come up with a lot of different categories for bad feedback, right? We had Diana's sarcastic approach, right? The sarcastic and kind of humor. Like I'm just kidding, but like a just kidding. That's not just kidding. Like you can't just say just my mom used to tell me this. You like you can't just say just kidding after you say something and not have meant anything that you said. You can't just say like, yeah, you can't, you can't say, be like, I think you're stupid. Just kidding. Like that just it doesn't work. Just kidding. Especially if yeah. you're really specific. Yeah. <laughs> if you're really if you're really specific about the feedback that you give, you know, yeah. Wow, that it's report. Sorry, that not wrote. sorry. Right. Like sorry, right. not sorry is not an apology. Yeah, that's not an apology. You can't you can't at the end end anything by just kidding and it just goes better. Right. Uh Stephanie kind of used the uh I'm taking my ball and going home approach of I will talk to you for as long as I need to talk to you. But then once you and it's your turn to talk, I'm just gonna go ahead and cut that off. I'm gonna walk away. It's kind of that kind of thing. And everybody that's how you win. That's how you win on the playground, Don. You just that, take your ball and you win the game. I am going home. That's my ball, and I'm taking it home, and I don't want to play anymore. And that's it, right? I get that. And then there's also my approach, which is like the burn it down kind of an approach. Like I'm going to, well, and, and you know, we talked, we did a whole episode on presuming intentions, which I did all over that page. It was like, now I know you don't care about this and I know you're working here. And it was me telling him what he's thinking, which is a great way to shut down a conversation. Um, so let's, let's explore this a little bit. So everybody's done this. What is the mindset that leads to this really ineffective form of communication? What happens that makes us say dumb things that shuts down a discussion well i mean don't love that you think what i said was dumb i'm just gonna start there don't love it but but <laughs> it was funny it was but funny. it was dumb it was dumb you're okay. so right it was it was dumb um I, I i don't i don't know what motivates other people to go do this in the way that i did it but my i can tell what my motivation was my motivation really was I'm tired of doing this process the same way. I'm I'm irritated by it. 
I don't think that things are modernized. I had this like story built up in my head that we were never going to make things new and fresh and update them. Um, and then I had this story in my mind that my boss needed me to be assertive with him. Like he needed to hear the harsh truth, uh, which looking back, I, I, I don't know why I believed that, but I believed that he needed to hear this harsh truth. Right. And so I was going to say whatever I could just like get it out and like sock it to him just so that he would hear it. Well, he heard it and he did not like it. So mission accomplished. I don't know. Um, I think the key there is that I had a lot of stories built up in my mind. And instead of going in and being curious and asking questions about why they had done the things that they had done the way they had done them, uh, and then presenting a new case, uh, I just went in guns blazing and like totally botched it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you kind of described a position of powerlessness in some yeah. ways. Yeah, I like, did. Like like you kind of, you described it not only in that one interaction, but in all of the previous interactions of like, I'm trying, I'm trying to be louder. I'm trying to be more powerful. I'm trying to do something and you're not listening to me and I could make this impact, but you're not letting me do that, mm -hmm. which is, which becomes frustrating. And I know from one thing is we as humans like to use our power and we're going to use our power one way or the other. And if you don't let us use it for good, we're going to use it for evil. And we see that we talk about that with engaged employees, disengaged employees, toxic employees. A toxic employee is really another way of saying it is a very engaged employee who just is feels powerless. They're misaligned with their organizations. They're fighting and they're doing anything that they can to change the organization. They've been unable to change it. So maybe they're saying some things that are in the wrong direction. So you're saying it for the right reasons. Like you probably wanted better things for the organization, but that that's probably hard. Stephanie, what about you? Like what put yourself in the mindset of the conversation you described? You, you, you did share a little bit of like, you don't like how it makes you feel. Well, so you're you're you were focused a little bit more on what's going on inside of your head than the other person's head, maybe. Yeah, I think that was definitely a part of it that I've had to like grow from, right? Of like, I think because I was more assertive, I didn't like to admit that like giving feedback kind of hurt my feelings too. And I didn't like doing it. Um, so there was that of like a little bit of like young selfishness, I think in that process is that I really just thought about how it was going to make me feel, how I was going to come off. Um, and some of that as well of like trying to um, appear like powerful and impressive in my workspace. Um, I was a very like young leader, like early in my career, I got promoted into positions where I had authority in my organizations. And so I think there was some of that, that I wanted to show that I was the boss, you know, and that I could, I could do this, even if I was 23, like I could do this and I could come in and have the same authority as the people who had worked there 20 years and done all those things, which is a really, um, self-centered approach, frankly. It didn't take into consideration other people's feelings or opinions um, or relationship building um, that could have happened. I think that's one of my regrets of that approach early in my career is I missed out on opportunities to actually like build meaningful relationships with people on my team because I was really focused on how I could become more powerful in an organization. Um, and then I think that the other piece of it, and it's, it's kind of the same thing, but where I have some grace for my younger self is that um, I think back on those workplace environments and they were very authoritarian, 
right? And so the leaders above me were also very, very authoritarian, where giving direct feedback that was frankly often harsh um, was the style of the company. And so I was trying to be successful within that style and space and was um, a little naive and just did it. I modeled what they were doing. And I can remember, and this is where, you know, I ended up leaving that job as I started feeling really gross, right? Like I started feeling really like, oh, like I don't, I hate how I feel when I do this. I see people's reactions. I don't like it. And it was a moment for me of realizing, wow, if this is what I'm getting patted on the back for, if this is the leadership that is being modeled for me, maybe that's not the type of leader I want to be. And that was one of the reasons that I ended up leaving that that role because I didn't want to become that. And I wanted to model healthy leadership. Yeah, I I love that you mentioned like, your ego played into it. Right. Cause I definitely think I left that part out of mind, but I definitely think that played a part in it for sure. That like, so we, you know, that helplessness, that ego, that, uh, modeling what you've already seen that writing stories. Um, Don, I'm interested to know what was your motivation behind it? Well, I think that, I mean, I was very frustrated. It's got some of the same elements that we talked about here before. Um, it's, it's a very, I was very inwardly focused. I was thinking about what was happening for me. You know, the, the, the environment of that is I was working night shift, running a piece of equipment that wasn't running very well. And I had just come off of working on a different piece of equipment that ran really, really well that I had full access to that I could go in there and change. And we were very, very successful with it. Like we, we were very successful with it. And this one, I felt like I had one hand tied behind my back. But I felt like I was put in, you guys know me pretty well. I was put in my own personal hell, which is you could impact that, but we're not going to let you, but you still have to live with the consequences of it not working very well. That's, that's Don's, that's my version of hell is I'm, I have to go, I have to go here every night and run with this equipment that doesn't work very well that I probably could fix if somebody connects to it, but nobody would, nobody would fix it. I don't even remember, like we had the vendors in town that made the equipment and they were staying at a hotel. And so we would run it at night. And if we got stuck on it, we could call them and they would come in to fix it. And the first thing they would always do was connect their laptop to the program so they could see what was going on behind the scenes. But we couldn't do the same thing. We weren't allowed to do that. And it just drove me crazy. I'm like, they said, you don't need to. You should be able to troubleshoot it without it. And I'm like, yeah, but then the first time you hook up to it, you you connect your laptop to it. So I was just frustrated. Uh, I, I think another component to that is it's high emotions. You're frustrated. You're inwardly focused. There's an ego thing. I can fix this if you let me. There's a powerlessness of this. I also think that we're at our worst when we th- know that we're right. We're at our worst when we know that we're right. When you know that you're right, you're so focused on what is right. The thing that you th- you know is right. And I'm going to say no is right, not think you're right. When you think, when you know that you're right, you're focused on that thing. And it is so, um, so dominant in our perspectives. We lose sight of what Stephanie talked about is the relationship side, the other side of that. And, and I like that you also mentioned like the culture piece of that, because we think about organizations have different relationships. And if you think about this as why do you give good feedback, it's to build a better relationship so that you long-term have feedback both directions. So the communication goes both ways. We were just at a conference, uh, Matt and I were at a conference in Des Moines, Iowa. Shout out to our HFMA friends out there. And we started talking about giving feedback and we talked about how healthy cultures give feedback. 
they do give feedback. It's not a lack of conflict. It's really healthy conflict. And I, I commented, I said, on our team, we could go into a meeting. Stephanie and I could go into a meeting with a client and we could walk out there and Stephanie could turn on, turn to me and say, I don't think I liked how that went. I don't think you did a great job of leading that. And I don't think our team would look at that as a threat. We would look at that as like, how do we work together on this? What do we do to fix this? This is good feedback. Like, tell me about this. Like, tell, how can we do better? Matt and I do it all the time if we go to a conference. Like, oh, that that was really good. Never tell that joke again, Don. That it comes up a lot and stuff. Um, we have to be able to give that feedback to each other. That's healthy. But when we struggle with that, um, it, it's because probably the relationship's not built yet. So if you think there's an old saying I really like that I've been using a lot lately is like, you have to dig your well before you need the water, right? So I think as you build that, when you give the feedback the wrong way, you're ruining the relationship, which both with all three of us described created long-term consequences. You can be right about the thing, but it creates a drag later. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a problem. So I, that, I know I was just really frustrated and stuck in my own rightness uh, and that's caught, it caused me problems. Well, and it, something you said, Don, that um, I think people miss too, that we talked about how we give feedback as a team is it feels less threatening because it's like immediate, right? Like where we just talk about things as they happen. And I think a lot of times where we get bad at giving feedback is we start like storing up feedback that we feel like, oh, well, that maybe wasn't a big enough thing to really comment on. But then after I saw it 15 times, I'm going to bring it up. But when we do that, we don't bring it up. Like it's the first time we saw it. We say to that person, I've seen you do this poorly 15 times and we store it up or we, we wait for the performance review to give feedback or till it's this formalized environment. And that feels awful to the person that you're giving feedback to. And I think we talk about a lot, this a lot with teams we work on, like who's ever had that happen to them? Like you go sit down for some type of review with your leader and they give you feedback on something you did three months ago. And it's so frustrating because you think, well, if I had known that then, then I could have fixed it. And have I now been doing it wrong for three months? Or you've been sitting there silently judging me for three months and didn't bring this up. So I think that's another key to, to the feedback that all of us are saying is like, yes, like, how you give it is so important, but when you give it, I think has a lot of equal weight. I also think we talk about in our management classes a lot is when you give feedback, you almost think about it like you build capital in a relationship, right? I, I, I often think of relationships like that. Anybody who's married or has a significant other, like you think about that, like you'll say like, oh, can I go, I'm going to go play golf tonight and not come home at this time do I have enough capital saved up to do that? You know, there, there's something real about that. And I think that's true in feedback too. If all of if you've never, get, if I've never given you feedback about anything and I've never told you you've done a good job or a bad job about something and suddenly I come to you and I give you very difficult feedback as the first time you've heard something from me, we don't have that relationship built up. If you know that I'll tell you like, hey, that was a really good job of that. Hey, that was really good. I saw that. So that, and there's a lot of studies that you know, talk about the, the relationship between positive feedback and negative feedback. And they say really healthy teams give five or six positive feedback comments for every one negative feedback comment, which goes back to what you said. The only way you can do that. And we will tell that to managers. And almost every time we do that, somebody in the class goes like, I'm just going around kissing my people's butt all day. Like, how do I do that? Like, what does that look like? How do I go around? Like, just knocking Diana, Amen. I just want to tell you you're awesome again. 
Amen. I I hate I hate all of this. Yeah. <laughs> and especially, but if you do it live, like if you do it in the moment, it's very natural. Not only is it very natural, it puts your mind in a different spot. We've talked about the mindset that you just have going on a day-to-day basis. I shared how I don't mind airports. I used to hate airports. And now I don't mind airports. We were stuck in Des Moines and we found a great spot at this little bar and we sat there and they had these really good old fashions and Matt and I sat there and we watched this snowstorm go through and we were worried that we weren't going to get home, but we were like, we're sitting inside here. It's warm. It's nice. It's just a little bit of a mindset shift. If you're waiting for your people to screw up all the time and you leap on every opportunity to tell them every time they've screwed up, you're going to see them screw up all the time. That's what you're going to see. If you're working with people around you and you see the good things that they do, hey, I appreciate you doing that. And that was really good. And that it shifts your mind. You actually see a difference. Like you you feel the difference yourself. Uh, so I like that. But that's got to be immediate. That's got to be quick responses. So let's give let's give some feedback to the audience here now as they're thinking about this. Uh, what are some of our tips or final takeaways as we think about like how do we avoid giving snarky feedback? What's what's our advice for giving more constructive feedback? Uh, I think one team or one thing that our team does really well is that we come with curiosity, right? Stephanie mentioned that we do it almost immediately. So the win is really important. And then the thing that we do is we come with curiosity. We kind of go into it saying like, I just want to know why you did it that way. It's not how I would have done it. I think there's something off. Let's talk about it instead of like, well, you're an idiot and I'm a genius. And obviously you should be fired and I should be promoted, right? None of those conversations happen. It is always from a place of what are you seeing that I didn't see? And what do I see that you don't see? And how can we bring those two things together better? Yeah, that's good. So you're sharing an observation, like if we break that down, you're sharing an observation and then asking a question, right? I saw, I saw this. So tell me more about that. Just tell me yeah. more about what happened there. And and let's get the feedback. You're not making assumptions. You're just jumping in and you're 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 asking questions. I, I think that's really good. And you're doing that like one of our values on people centric is communication. And we, when we talk about communication, we like to say the same thing: is effective communication only happens when you know that you might be wrong. Which is funny, and I hadn't thought about that alongside of what we just said about when you know you're right, that's when you're in the most trouble. So. If you think about communication effectively, if you know you might be wrong, then the observation you have could be wrong. So you have to be careful about how far you go down and give them the feedback. I like that, Diana. Stephanie, what what are your takeaways from the conversation or your piece of advice here for the people listening? Yeah. Um, well, first that that was mine. So I had to come up with another one while you guys were talking because that's really good. Um, so <laughs> I would agree, like uh-huh. kind of like be curious, don't don't assert your opinion as a fact, right? Like ask good questions in that. Um, I think my other one is, is like, there's a way to give direct feedback that is not brutal, right? Like you should be able to be honest with people and still be kind. And so I think this has been a good gut check for me, knowing that like, that was one of the areas that I had to grow in as a young professional was like, if you're thinking about giving this feedback and you hear yourself saying it in your head and it is snarky and it is mean, then that should be your personal flag to say, maybe you're not ready to have that conversation. Maybe you're not ready to give that feedback because as much as the immediacy is great, there are some moments where it's like, no, like if you are angry at this person or like your emotions are high, we've got big feelings about it. 
that might not be the time to go and talk to that person about what just happened. Like, give it some time, give it some space. There's rarely things that are like, oh, if you don't address it in the next hour, then the whole company's burning down, right? Like those, those are, should be very, very few and far between in your organization. Oftentimes you could wait a couple hours. You could go take a walk around the building and clear your head a little bit. You might even be able to wait till tomorrow, right? To address something um, or set a time and let that person know that's what you want to discuss because I really feel strongly like you should be able to tell the truth with kindness. And so if you don't feel like you can say it kindly, then you've got to work on, on that and take that back. And what do you need? Do you need time? Do you need advice or input? Like maybe you need to reach out to, um, you know, your friendly business consultant um, or a friend or a mentor or somebody to talk through it and help you get to a good place where, yes, you need to share the truth but you have to be able to do that kind of like it is possible. Yeah, I, I like that. And it, some people are going to listen to that and go like, well, how do I do the immediate? But I also take a time out if I am angry on that. And, and it's, I think you have to like, like practice the positive feedback first and you'll get used to that. And that's good to give immediate, but you're absolutely right. Don't fight angry, right? Don't, we say that a lot. Don't fight angry. If you're angry, you don't fight well, you fight dirty and that hurts relationships. Um, I think my takeaway is I think the number one mistake that we all make in this space is that we forget that business is about relationships, like like the relationships that we have at work. We don't think about them in terms of relationships. You know, the the, the movie, the, the Godfather's quoted a lot, you know, it's not personal, it's business, you know, that kind of a thing. But it's funny that people quote that movie or that concept. And the whole theme of that movie is that you can't separate those two things. That, I, mean, I hope I didn't ruin the trilogy for anybody, but that's the whole theme of it's like, no, 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 I can do this over here and then I can be this person over here and I can separate those two things. And the whole theme of the movie is like, you can't, you know, just when I thought I got out, I, they sucked me back in is one of the quotes from the movie. It's really true. We can't pretend. And I see business people who will say, no, 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 it's just business. You're a worker. I don't have a relationship with you. It's just a coworker. So if I'm just going to give you feedback. I'm just going to tell you that that's terrible what you just did and that can't happen again. You know, we know that engagement happens when people feel like they care about each other. That's important. So, yeah, that's people centric. We're hardwired for that. I'm sorry. I know some people are like, why can't your boss be your boss and your employees be your employee? Because we're not hardwired like that. We wrote that down on paper a long time ago and said, this is a nice place to do this and we don't have to be humans in that moment. Well, we can't fake it very well. So it is about those relationships. Dig your well before you need it. Think about the relationships. And I think if for most people, when they go in to give feedback, if they think about those things, they do a decent job of doing it. I think where people get in trouble is when they don't think about that. They just think about the feedback and that they are right and they're going to give that feedback. So everybody be cautious, be, be aware, be aware of the relationships around you. So that was fun. That was a fun episode, guys. We had a good time, good time throwing that out there, right? Yeah. Do you have fun, Diana? Well, I did, except we didn't ever say the phrase snarky harky. So I just needed to like put that in at the end. I just, it needs to be <laughs> Thanks here for in the working world. that in there. Yeah, you know? I appreciate that. I was hoping that that catches on. <laughs> oh, it has. You just don't know it. Hashtag snarky harky. Make sure you tag us in oh the podcast. God. Oh my gosh. And share this episode out with some friends. Hey, that's something we don't say very often. Like we're pretty oh, yeah. humble, but you should share, like share this out with folks. If you like what you're hearing here, tell other people about it. Like 
Let's get some more folks listening to this. It has been kind of fun because we'll travel to places and it just happened again when I was in Iowa. Somebody else has been listening to the podcast and they were kind of excited and said, hey, I love the podcast. I love listening to the different episodes you guys put out. And I, I, I take away some really good stuff from that. So we'd love to hear that, share that out with folks. And if you have ideas on topics or have questions, please reach out to us. We also love that too. So thanks a lot for joining us at the People Centric Podcast and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then... Be well and lead well.